Welcome to Art Lovers Forum. If you want to start collecting art, or you want to know what collectors have learned over the years, put aside one hour to listen to the advice of Jane Westman. You will not find a better masterclass anywhere that will give you the ins and outs of collecting. I was very fortunate to secure this interview. Jane has been successfully collecting art since the 1980s when New York's East Village art world was in full swing. Artists like Jeff Koons, Jean-Michel Bisquat, Cindy Sherman, and many others were making waves and launching their careers. And Jane was a part of that scene. Today, Jane and her husband, Don Savelson, continue to be deeply engaged in the world of contemporary art. They are supporters of many nonprofit art organizations and avid collectors of work by new and emerging artists. They believe there is more to art than its monetary value. Art is an immersive experience. As Jane says, art is about everything. It opens up new ways of thinking about the human condition and what is meaningful in life. In addition to underwriting a program at Simmons University for students seeking careers in arts management, as well as helping to fund various museums, exhibitions, and the Miami-based artist residency, Fountainhead Arts, Jane is passionate about introducing people to the world of collecting new and emerging artists. Aside from her enthusiasm for art, Jane is an expert in public relations and marketing. She is president of the New York-based PR agency that bears her name, Jane Westman Public Relations, Inc., a leader in book promotion. She is a determined, career-focused woman who has served as president of the New York City chapter of the National Association of Women's Business Owners and as program director of Art Table. She is currently an active board member of the Women's Media Group, overseeing the organization's programming. She and her husband divide their time between New York and Miami. Welcome, Jane. I'm dying to ask you, when and why did you get involved in the world of art? Lois, you know, um, growing up, my parents were interested in art. They they saw it in, in a way that I see it, that it's more than just something that's decorative, but that it, it had a lot of meaning and, and for them a lot of history, particularly my mother, who was fascinated by portraits and paintings uh, uh, from early American portraits and paintings. She um, loved to think about the people whose portraits were hanging in our home. She also had a great eye for contemporary art and bought quite a few abstract uh, paintings. And then she was also great at, at um, furniture uh, and, and, and design. So our, our home, which wasn't, you know, which was middle class, was a really beautiful environment in which the aesthetics in, in where we lived counted. Uh, on top of that, they were they loved the Museum of Modern Art in New York. And we lived in the suburbs, and we would often get dressed up to go see exhibitions at the museum. And my father, in particular, loved Picasso. And there's a very famous painting of musicians at, at the Museum of Modern Art, and he used to stand us in front of that painting and talk to us about the 
the musicians and their lives and what we were looking at. Uh, as an aside, my father also was a musician. So I think that I was very lucky to have that kind of basic upbringing. When I was in college, I actually bought my first artwork in college, which, which was a, a drawing, and I still have it today. But the real interest in art for me began when I became the publicity director of what was then the premier art book publisher in the United States called Harry Abrams. And I worked there for about a year. After that job, um, I started my own public relations agency, and I did focus on publicizing books, including art books. So that gave me a little bit of an entree into the art world. At around the same time in the 1980s, a friend of mine from high school uh, named Hal Brahm um, opened up an art gallery in um, what was then uh, Tribeca in New York City. And Hal and I used to go and look at art together. Through Hal, I was introduced to many of the art galleries and artists uh, who at then were, were launching their careers on the Lower East Side. So, you know, we were peers. We, we, I was around the same age as um, Jeff Koons or Cindy Sherman or any, any of the artists who, who were just starting out at that time. So it, it was easy to hang out in their studios. It was, it was easy to, to uh, go down to the East Village, which at that time was kind of a, a rundown, funky neighborhood uh, with, with quite a lot of like homeless people, junkies, whatnot. It was, it was kind of a thrilling um, time to be collecting art in, in the United States. So these little galleries were popping up all over the place in the East Village, and I became friends with many of the art dealers and the artists. All I could say is, wow. I mean, you have such a rich history in art. It's, it's, you, you were very lucky and fortunate, and of course, you pursued it. So good for you. That was unbelievable. I'm curious, how has that changed your life? How do you feel art has changed your life, even though you know, you only know one life filled with art, but you ever think about without art, you know, or like people say without music, you know, what would your life be like? No, I, th I think it would be pretty empty. It's, it's a big passion of mine, you know, along with, you know, my family, uh, my work, uh, the sports that I play, travel and music, theater, etc. It's um, just it's a very important to me, and I spend a lot of time in my environment looking at the artworks that, that hang on the walls or the sculpture on the floor or the ceramics that we, we collect. Um, I, I'm surrounded by art, and it's, and it's beautiful. It's very contemplative, and yes, I am very lucky, but my path is not the only path. If somebody wants to collect art, all they need to do is start looking at it. Hmm. That's interesting. So how involved are you in art today? I, I think I'm, I'm very involved. I would say I spend minimum of an hour a day online looking at um, 
what 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 the various galleries are showing, reading uh, the newsletters uh, and websites about art. So there's um, Artnet and um, well, that that's actually one of my favorites. Um, Cultured, um, the the art newspaper. There, I read a lot about art. I look at a lot of art online. In addition, I visit a lot of galleries, go to a lot of museum shows, and interact with artists, collectors, and art dealers kind of throughout the week. What a beautiful life. <laughs> I mean, I have to say that, you, you know, it's, it's great that you created that and that you've established that. So, you know, that it's a continuous uh, active part of your your world. I wish I was involved with art much earlier to be able to experience what you did. What type of art do you collect? Is it merging or established artists? Well, we we do collect what we I like to call them new new art, art that's made recently, and um, often they. The artists are what what some people call emerging. It's just hard to figure out at what point an artist, you know, quote unquote, has emerged. Um, so, I would I would say yes, we collect new and emerging artists. We're very excited about getting to know an artist early in the artist's career and be supportive of that artist's career, and then and then follow them. Also. Truthfully, there's a price point uh, connected to this. It, it, when you start collecting an artist's work when they're young, the work is not as expensive as uh, work by more established artists. And, and so there, there are budget concerns. And one of the reasons why I think anyone who's interested in art could collect art is there just there are many, many opportunities to buy art that you know, isn't going to break the bank. Hmm. So when I, I have a question, even as a, you know, early collector, um, when you go out and you buy a new artist's work, I mean, how do you value like what you should really pay for it? And do you follow them and then buy more art because their art is increasing in value? Or how do you, you know, how do you do the judging? Um, at this point, we buy, we, we mostly work with art galleries. Um, we, we have about, I think I have about 500 works in our collection, possibly more. Uh, we need to do an, an inventory, uh, again. But, um, once you have this much art, you, uh, at least for me, I become more cautious and thoughtful in what I buy. So I, there are certain galleries I like to work with because they help build an artist's career. It's very difficult for an artist to become recognized. Um, there are thousands and thousands of artists, whether they are self-taught or uh, graduate undergraduates or, or have graduate degrees from major art schools. There's so much competition out there that the artists who really have a shot at building their careers and, and are going to have the financial support to build their careers are showing with galleries. So when a gallery sets prices uh, uh, for the art, 
and people are buying it, then that's the market. That's that that's how I know what 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 the market what the artwork is worth at that time. I I can tell you that over the years um, I've been offered art. Uh, I, I'm going to kind of make up a number. Let's say for twenty five thousand dollars, which I may or may not have bought, and then five years later we'll see that same work at auction and sell for less than $5,000. So there always is the possibility that the amount of money you pay for the art, you're not going to be able to recoup that if you decide you want to sell it. At the same time, the opposite can happen where you get involved with an artist early on and then their prices soar. And then if you do wish to sell a piece of art, you can make quite a bit of money. So that was a wonderful explanation for people that don't understand about how to buy and sell. So I have a question for you based on what you just said. When you find something for 25000 and you pay that, and then you see it at auction for five. How emotionally do you feel about it? Do you feel like you want to give up, you know, art collecting, or does it make you want to buy more? Um, luckily, that's never happened to me. I said I've been offered work at that price point, not bought it, and then later seen that I could buy it for much less. But occasionally, um, art that I have bought does lose its value or on, on, on the secondary market, but it's kind of temporary. You know, um, artists kind of can go in and out of fashion. You know, I have artist friends who are in their 70s now, and they had a dry period in their careers, let's say during their 50s or 60s, and now uh, they're being recognized again, and, and there's a great market for their art. So the art market is tricky, which is why if if someone is just starting out, don't try to, you know, outguess the market for how much money you can make. Buy an artwork because you love it. Buy an artwork that you can afford, that fits your budget, and live with it. I, I, I never buy art because I think I'm going to turn around and flip it and make a lot of money. That, that that's not what I do. Um, I, I, I can tell you, I have a friend who was taught, an art collector friend who I was talking to last night. She told me, said, Jane, I saw three paintings I really wanted to buy this past week, but they were just too expensive for me. And now I dream about them every night. I think about them. They're in my head. I love them so much. I really wish I, I could buy them. So perhaps you'll be able to buy one of them. But I think it's the point that the, the imagery stayed with her and she wants to have that in her home is what's really important. So going back to what I was saying before, as a new collector, buying art as an investment is, is not the best way to go. But I will say, that there are people who have a large enough budget who can hire an art advisor or other expert 
who may be better able at giving them direction of buying art that we'll appreciate. Thanks for sharing that information. And with that, I want to ask you, name some of the artists and galleries that you like so we have an idea of, you know, what's out there. Um, well, there, I th there are hundreds of galleries, hundreds. There are probably 75 to 100 galleries that I, I really like. And so if I, name, if I name them all, I'm just going to be No, that's crazy, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you... So what I think somebody should do who's interested in, in starting an art collection um, and is going to do it on their own without an advisor. There are four major galleries that are global. That They have galleries in New York and in Europe, um, Asia. And these are Pace, uh, Gagosian, Hauser and & Wirth, and, and Zwerner. These four galleries, which are based in New York City, but, but as I said, have galleries in other places, not only put on shows of art that, for people to buy, but also they can sometimes put on shows that are museum quality, where a lot of the work isn't even for sale, but it, it's, um, they're, they're do, like doing a public service and, like they, um, Gagosian will do a Picasso show, for example, um, with a lot of borrowed works. These are galleries that, that are really worth going to. Um, the, the other thing about galleries that I favor is I live between New York and Miami. So the, there are galleries down here in Miami, where I am right now, young galleries that I think are terrific. I will, I will name them. Um, Mindy Solomon started a gallery on Northeast 22nd Street in the Alapata section of Miami. And now three other galleries have joined her on that street. So you've got this great little street of young galleries and they're, they're showing art, which is often affordable, but also great art, wonderful art. Um, other galleries that I particularly like for, for young and emerging artists, would be in New York City, in Chinatown, there's a gallery called 56 Henry, which is fantastic. Um, in, in East Hampton, uh, there's, a, there's Halsey McKay, and there's Harper's, and there's uh, Eric Firestone. But then there are great galleries everywhere. There's Jessica Silverman in um, uh, San Francisco. There's Monique Maloche in, in Chicago. So I, I, I think the point I'm trying to make is there, there, if you're lucky enough to live in a metropolitan area where there are galleries, just, just start looking at them. And the other, the other way to really get a good idea of what's going on in the art world, um, aside from going to museums uh, and other nonprofit spaces, is to attend art fairs. That's, that's a great, that's a great, uh, suggestion. Um, the, the next thing I want to ask you, based on what you said, a lot of people are intimidated by going into galleries. And they walk in and some of the gallerists don't pay attention to them. They like keep looking at the work that they're doing. And they, they will say, if you need something, you know, please ask me. But some of them don't even say that. 
uh, you know, new, newcomers get very, you know, uh, frightened by that. And they walk in and they walk out quickly without engaging, which is really the whole experience of going to a gallery. What can you suggest to them? Um, I, I think it depends on the gallery. So the, the what we call the blue chip galleries or the well-established galleries um, that are selling work that's very, very expensive and, and the galleries have a fairly select uh, clientele. The people at the front desk really aren't the salespeople. They're just people at the front desk. So they may or may not want to engage with you. Um, I often don't talk to anybody when I go into uh, one of those galleries. But what I do do is I read the press release that is at, or at the front of the desk, or I look at the book about the artist that's probably at the front of the desk, or I flip through, there's usually like a notebook uh, with information about the artist's career. I look at all that material, plus you can go online and look up the artist. So you can educate yourself about what you're looking at. When you go into the smaller galleries that are that show both new and emerging artists and that the galleries themselves are new and emerging, I think you will have a very different experience where the gallerists will speak with you and be happy to tell you ab about the work that's there. The other way to deal with all of this is to learn the etiquette of what you can what you can ask or talk about when you are at an art fair. So we, we can talk about that for a minute. So tell me more. Okay. So in my world of collecting new and emerging artists, usually I pay attention to what we call the satellite fairs. So I'll just look at New York and Miami for now. So Miami has a big art fair, fair called Art Basel Miami. There are hundreds of galleries there, which do include some new and emerging galleries. Um, I love going to Art Basel. I, I learn a huge amount about what's available in the art world. I look around, I can see trends, I can see what I love. Um, but most of the art there is, is um, established artists. The satellite fairs connected to Art Basel Miami, one is called NADA, New Art Dealers Association, and the other is called Untitled. At both of those art fairs, you have younger galleries or galleries that are showing younger artists or, or emerging artists. And when you go to those art fairs, you have a, uh, a better chance of getting to speak to the art dealers in the booth and asking them questions about the art. Um, who is this artist? Can you tell me something about the work? And then you can even ask, how much is it? Um, and if, if you go in with a real intention to buy, they're gonna give you plenty of time. If you go in just to gather information, be courteous and don't take too much of the gallerist time but do feel free to talk to them. Well, that's, that's great advice. And I'm learning so much from you during this podcast. It's amazing. Uh, you know, and, and some of the things that seem like a mystery to me, you are clearing up 
or you're telling me what the common ground is. So um, tell us more about the art fairs. Uh, um, I have just started to pay attention to more of the international galleries around the world because I was traveling to those places and I looked them up and I saw that they have so many of the artists that I know. So I started to follow them. But I found in the art fairs, you know, there's so much more to see. How does how does somebody know if somebody is worth, you know, the, the art that they're showing, if they're legit, if they're, you know, experienced, and it's worth spending time in? Well, the art fairs that, that I've mentioned are highly selective. Art Basel Miami is, is has a big screening committee, so just... I, I would say any gallery that's in there is what you would call legitimate. Um, I think that at NADA also the, the galleries are, are screened. And the same thing with Untitled. Uh, with the younger galleries, though, some of them are not going to be able to stay in business forever. I, I mean, galleries come and, come and go. That's something I've seen since the 1980s. Lots of young people get enthusiastic, start an art gallery, it doesn't always work out in, in the long run, but that's like almost any business. Um, I think you have to do your homework. If you, if you see an artist whose work you really like, go online and read about that artist. The other thing that will, will tell you a lot is to look at the artist's resume and see has the artist had shows already? Do they show in other galleries, in other cities? Uh, have they been in museum exhibitions? So you can learn a lot on your own, which is what I said I do every day. I'm looking on the internet uh, for information about artists. Um, something else I do is I follow the major auction houses online. So that's Christie's, Phillips, and Sotheby's. And they have, um, in both the fall and the spring, um, auctions of both of contemporary art, which includes a lot of younger artists. So that's how I know uh, what the, often what the secondary market is for artists in my collection or artists I'm interested in collecting, because I look, you, I look at the auctions. You can actually watch them live um, on, on your computer, which is amazing. So I, I, <laughs> some of the, the amounts of money that some people spend on art is really mind-boggling, uh, and watching the auctions is, is uh, quite educational and, and worth your time. Do you have to pay for these auctions? No. To watch it? it. The, no, no, not at all. Not at all. You just, you just go on go their websites, and then you see what the dates are, and then it's like any webinar. You go on and you watch the, the auction happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you could even bid online if you wanted to. You can register to bid. Okay. But, but um, yes, I, I love to watch the auctions. And you can watch the auctions, you know, from, you know, multi-million dollar paintings, too. You could watch an auction that's selling, you know, Warhols and Basquiat, Gerhard Richter. You, there are auctions where you're watching people spend $40, 50000000 million right there before your very eyes. It's really, really interesting. So, Jane, have you ever bought art impulsively without doing research? You just bought it because you just wanted it. 
and you know you you didn't really have any history to it yes <laughs> i didn't think i i did not think i was going to get that as an answer <laughs> yes. we do that we do that far too much and it's just because like i i just i always feel like i'm jessica uh, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker in that movie, First Wives World, where, you know, she, she's, uh, dating or she's living with this very rich, uh, husband to somebody else. And he gave her a budget and she went out with some art advisors and she's just putting up her flag every time at an auction. She knows nothing about it. And sometimes I, when I go out and I just see something, I'm so impulsive that I buy it. I feel like, you know, I'm just like, you know, a babe in the woods that, you know, is just trying to be part of the crowd. and I don't even know what I'm doing, you know. So, and I'm sure a lot of other young people that are collecting art are going to do exactly the same thing. So what is your advice on that? Enjoy it. Do it. Oh, no, come on. (laughs) Why not? I, I thought I was clear that buying art as an investment is a whole different world. Um, Buying art because you love it and you want to live with it and and you get excited by it and and it opens your eyes to the possibilities of of what life is all about but whether it's the, the that the artwork is beautiful or the artwork has some kind of um meaning whether it's a political meaning or about relationships or some uh sociological meaning or or it's about the artist's childhood um it i mean the, it cannot be also about war or violence or the need for peace. So you, so uh, you enjoy it very, very, very much. At, at a certain point, you might decide after you have many, many pieces that you want to be a little bit more cautious in what you buy. But yes, I even recently uh, agreed to buy a painting <sighs> kind of impulsively, but I thought the, the art dealer might have been the best salesman in the art world I've ever come across. <laughs> uh-huh. So so that so that's that. And I'm hoping that the artist's career continues to grow. But uh, I have I have a lot of work in my collection that I think is wonderful and that if I wanted to sell the work, I don't know that I could find a market for it. But I also have work in my collection that over the years I bought impulsively, which turned out to be desirable to museums. So this past year, we've given um, about 15 artworks to several museums. And it's really gratifying to know that the work we bought a long time ago turned out to have significance for these museum collections. That, That is so wonderful. That is great to hear. It makes me feel better about my own selections. And I'm so happy that you're honest about this because you could, you know, uh, be an elitist in the art world and just give out advice as a, you know, an experienced person. That doesn't really help the rest of us. So I really appreciate, you know, your candor. It's really great. So on that, on that level, I, I, you're the right person to ask. Uh, you know, what are the proper protocols when questioning art lovers about art, whether they're artists, collectors, you know, gallerists? I mean, are there things that you should say or you shouldn't say that could make a difference in your presentation as a new collector to them, the experts? 
what would you say that again, Lois? <laughs> okay. No, I'm what? glad you said that. So I'm going to say it very simply. All right, you're you're a thousand percent correct in asking me that. When I started collecting, I'm an aggressive person. I had no problem going over to artists and saying, "How much does that cost?" You know, and at the beginning, you know, a few artists said to me, oh, well, we don't know. I don't know. I don't discuss that. Talk to my agent. And, you know, there was an awkward moment, but I was so friendly with them and they understood the common me and loved me for my pedestrian ways that I could get away with it. But not everybody should ask that question up front. And maybe there's a time to ask. But I wanted to continue the conversation by asking that question, because if it was in my budget, I wanted to know more. So I, you know, was legitimate in my brain about asking, but, you know, there are things that you really, you know, shouldn't do. I mean, could you give any advice on that? Yeah. Um, it is true that artists who are represented by galleries often cannot, do not talk about what what the works cost and they really want you to talk to their dealer. So if you're in an artist studio and uh, the artist is represented by a, a gallery, it really is, the, I think the proper question is, I love, you've got to say, I love this work. I'm really interested in it. Can, should I, can I talk to you about uh, the price or do I need to speak with your art dealer? That's all. But I think you need to express your interest in the work before you ask them uh, what it costs and, and, and recognize that some of them really don't know. And a lot of artists do not want to negotiate. There are other artists um, who open up their studios and want to sell work from their studio. And if you're invited to the studio to buy, and you know that's kind of the deal, then of course you're going to ask them uh, what what the price of the the art is. But when you go to a collector's home and you see a, a, a uh, an Andy Warhol, don't ask the, the <laughs> collector how much right. did you pay for that. Okay, <laughs> don't ask them. <laughs> right, they're not going to tell you anyway. So you know, <laughs> I've well, been you know, down that in, road. Yeah. In some cases, you you may be able to just look it up in the auction records. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that advice. That was great. So, so, so Jane, you, you know, you've been collecting art for a long time now, and you certainly have met every type of person in the field. What do you consider? I, this this question has several parts, so I'm just going to ask you the main one first. What do you consider a serious art collection? Any collection is serious. Uh, anybody who buys art. I guess is serious. I, th I, I think uh, what you might be asking is what's, what's a really interesting collection or a significant collection? Um, so let, let's just throw out two Miami collectors. Um, George Perez, who um, has his, the uh, Perez Art Museum down here in Miami, you know, was named after him because he gave them a, a, a big grant to help them build it. But but George has been collecting art for a long time and he has a private exhibition space that's open to the public. 
And when I, every year, he, he and his curators hang uh, new work, uh, create new shows based on the work in his collection. And my husband, Don, and I go every year. Uh, we're blown away by the depth of his collection, his interests, the, the quality of the work that he collects. And what I find interesting is I see him at a lot of art fairs, including the art fairs that I mentioned that focus on new and emerging artists. He loves looking at art and supporting artists. He has a great collection. Um, as you know, Don and Mira Rubel have a, a great collection and have their own museum down here. Um, you've got the you know, Dula Cruz collection, Marty Margulies. So in terms of significant collections, there are many of them. And uh, luckily, a, a, lo a lot of these collectors have built exhibition spaces that are open to the public so people can, can see the art, which is fantastic because instead of keeping the art to themselves, they're sharing it with people. And, and often a loan works from their collections to other museums and to traveling exhibitions. Then, then I have friends who collect art, um, who are, are just passionate a, about putting that art up on the walls and, and living with it. Like my friend that I mentioned who told me, you know, she dreams about great art that she's seen. So I, I, I think that Serious isn't really the word. I, I think you could have five paintings or ten paintings, and the, and and be very serious about your your love of the work. Um, that is a very uh, complicated answer to me because uh, you're talking about like the best of the best. Uh, I'm I'm more interested, even on a personal basis, that when you personally, you Jane, go into someone else's home who's been collecting for a long time, do you ever like say to yourself, uh, you know, this is like the this is the greatest, or oh my god, uh, you know, I, I don't know what these people are doing. Like that's how I feel like when people walk into my apartment, like. Are they who do they think they're kidding? <laughs> I mean, there are family members that I have that know me for my whole life, and they never expected me to get involved in art. And yes, I'm like your girlfriend, Elliot, and I. Is, we're both like your girlfriend. We love certain art pieces. We go into a room and we could pick out. You know, if there's like 50 pieces, we will pick out one piece of art separately. We're walking separately from each other, and we will pick out the same piece of art. It's happened more times than not. So, so that's, in that sense, I feel very comfortable being in the art world. But really, like what we buy and how we display it, I'm not comfortable at all. So I'm curious, and I don't want you to comment about my, you know, particular collection, my little collection. But what I want you to do is like, you know, should people you know, be proud of what they have or should they be concerned like someone like you that walks into an apartment and has an opinion? All right. What a great question. And <laughs> um, 
and no, I get it because I speak to a lot of people who are tiptoeing around the art world and they want to buy art, but they go, well, what if I buy it and I hang it and my friends laugh at me? So is, isn't that what you're saying? That, that yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, people are scared to buy art because they might make a mistake. So I say, forget it. Just buy what, what you want to buy. What difference does it make if you're, if someone doesn't like the work? It, it, like, who cares? Is that what you think when you buy your couch or your car? Oh my gosh, I, I better be, I can't buy a couch because, you know, what if my friend Sally doesn't like this couch or, you know, or, or my dining room table or my dishes? I mean, I'm asking, I'm actually asking, do you think people worry what their friends think about their dining room table and their dishes? You know what, Jane? You are, I know you for a while now, you're a very confident person. I would say yes, both people are concerned. <laughs> and you know that too. I mean, you just may not want to admit it because you don't necessarily travel in those circles or think about that. But I'm like in the mainstream in life. And I, yes, I, I hear a lot of my friends concerned about, you know, what other people think. Uh, and um, I'm probably one of them. Um, I've gotten out of that in a lot of areas of my life, but it still exists. So I'm curious, you know, when you walk in, you know, you're saying your answer is don't worry what other people say, but I'm curious what you're thinking in your head. Okay. So yes, I do work, walk into people's homes. Don't forget now I've been invited, right? So I'm not right. some stranger or off the street. I walk into people's homes and am amazed and how fantastic their art collections are, blown away with what they have bought. I also have been in homes where I look around and go, well, maybe if we did a rehang, the art would look better. Hmm. Right. Okay. So it's more, it's, and there's a lot of kitsch. I'm not into kitsch art, you know, uh, just art that I call sort of like, uh, just there's just art that I don't like. It's kind of kitschy. It's uh, I, I don't even know how to express what it is. It's no, it often very matter. popular. Yeah. It's often mm -hmm. very popular work um, uh, that doesn't appeal to me. I'm not. I'm uh, in terms of like great art. I'm not much into surrealism. I just for some reason don't really like it. I'm not much into photo realism. If, do you know what photorealism is? Yes, I do. I feel the yeah. same way. Yeah. Yes. It's like I feel like there's no depth to it, you know, or, there's, or it's like a trick. <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult to produce. It's, you know, it takes a really amazing hand and an eye. But it, 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 it doesn't move me emotionally. And I, uh, a lot of the work that we buy is made out of unusual materials. Um, oh, that's a and, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, so I have one painting I'm looking at right now. It's made out of uh, glue from a glue gun. And it's like really fine filigrees, like, uh, like, like what would be like little like wires, but it's, but it's uh, painted. The, the, glue, the glue has been painted. And so it's just beautiful. It's just got a texture and a depth to it. And you can really see the artist's hand. 
that that's that's important to me to feel the artist's hand that you can sense what the artist did and how the artist felt about making this art world art artwork i mean that, like i can imagine i can look at all, all i'm in a room with i don't know a dozen paintings in it right now and i can look at any one of them and think about oh i know how the artist felt or think i know how the artist felt when they were making this piece it's you know and i have recently bought art and i never knew this terminology well I, it's very easy to understand found materials and i bought a number of sculptures with found materials from artists that i re i really loved when i looked at that piece i felt like that i was emotionally attached to it but then i thought to myself oh is this like a hobby you know you know like are they really you know is this really what artists should be doing instead of like established pieces from something else some materials that somebody else you know anointed great and then i started to really look at it and, and i bought a few pieces and i just taught myself like no this is what the artist is valuing and that's who i'm supposed to be supporting and that's what i love and that's what initially drew me to that piece of art so i'm so happy that you just mentioned it because it completed my circle or or you know kind of like certified me like in, in my taste so i really appreciate that uh you know do you have anything to add about you know, this new wave of found materials? Um, well, it's not such a new wave. I mean, look at John Chamberlain. He was taking, right. John, yes, you know, yes. yeah, yes. scrap metal and, and, and making art a, a, about it. But what about artists who, um, you know, used, um, um, I mean, this goes, uh, this goes back decades, decades. So it's actually not a new trend. Um, and there's a long history, and you might enjoy uh, going online and, and, and reading about it a little bit. But found objects, you know, there was the whole theory that you remember you could take a wheel and a bicycle wheel and mount it on a stool, and bec because an artist did it, it became an artwork, Duchamp. Right. So yeah, so th so this has been going on for a really long time. Um, so. It's really how all the pieces are put together and what I would say what the the aesthetic uh, pleasure is in, in looking at it. And also there's often a lot of meaning. So a, a lot of artists who use like um, clothing that, you know, secondhand clothing or, um, you know, are, are comment, commenting on 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 commerce and and waste in in our society and they make beautiful um either wall hangings or sculptures out of found clothing or um you just i have an artist in new york who went around um i have work by an artist who went around and picked up all like plastic bags from the street and turned them into an amazing um abstract painting that I just absolutely love based on litter in the street, plastic bags. And it's great. It's really great. Even through my naivete, I'm glad we mentioned that because a lot of people love it and they're never quite, you know, sure that that is considered like, you know, great art. And the fact that you even bought that piece, you know, 
makes me want to now go out and find something that I like, you know, as well about that. And that's the wonderful world about art. You're always learning. You know, some of the art I bought, I thought was like completely novel, only to find out that, you know, there has been artwork like that for, for decades or for years or for centuries. And it, it just makes me feel good that I have entered that world. So I love it. So my last question, Jane, is going to be, um, then I have a comment before we completely close out. But my my last question is, so where do you think your collection is going to go five years from now, 10 years? What are you, what are you hoping for yourself in this wonderful world of art? Um, I'm, I'm hoping that I can curate my collection and figure out, uh, what my patterns are and, and what I, what I can do with it. Um, figure out what art needs to go to museums, what art needs, needs to stay together, what art, um, I, I should sell. But I'd like to jump in and not talk about my collection, but the, I, I want to say this to anybody who wants to get involved in the art world. There are lots of opportunities to join museums. Museums have all levels of membership and sometimes a somewhat higher level of membership includes um, visits to off-site visits from the museum. So visits to artist studios or to other collectors' homes. They also often give a lot of, um, they have a lot of learning experiences to help you understand art better. They, they have docent tours of their collections. In addition to large museums, there are, much, there are smaller nonprofit organizations um, everywhere that, are, that, that anybody can join and learn about art. And in Miami, you, um, Lois, you and I both know the Fountainhead Residency in Miami where you're on the board and my husband is also and every month they have three different artists who come and live and work in the residency and at the end of each month the public is invited to come and meet the artists and talk to the artists learn about the work and they can even purchase it so this there are residencies like this throughout the united states actually you know through throughout the world and Getting involved in a residency or a small nonprofit organization where you get to meet other people in the art world is really important. I learn a lot about art by the people I associate with. That's wonderful. All I could say is that this podcast should go down in history because I don't think there's a course out there in the most pedigree school in the world that could give the advice that you gave for the last hour. It was just wonderful, and I truly appreciate it, Jane. On behalf of everyone that's going to listen to this podcast, and certainly myself, I have learned so much from you, and thank you for being so gracious with your information and your time. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. It's my pleasure, Lois. Thank you. Okay.